Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our Leadership with Linnea series. In every episode of this series, I'll be joined by one guest from the Actus Leadership Council ranks or a contributor from one of our Actus publications to discuss a topic relevant to leaders in the industry, whether or not they currently hold a traditional management title. Today, we're going to discuss CDI's role in capturing social determinants of health, and I'm joined by Kim Connor, BSN CCDS CCDSO. Kim is a CDI education specialist for Actus and HC Pro, a Simplify Compliance brand in Middleton, Massachusetts. She serves as a full-time instructor for HC Pro's CDI boot camps and Propel CDI advisory services. She's a subject matter expert for Actus and frequently writes for our publications and speaks at our events. Kim has 20 years of clinical experience as a surgical ICU burn trauma nurse at large academic medical centers. In 2013, she shifted her focus from the bedside to CDI. During her career, she has been responsible for initiating CDI programs in both the inpatient and outpatient settings, developing ongoing education across the continuum of care, and most recently was a CDI director where she led education and support programs to maximize CDI success. Welcome to the show, Kim. Before we jump into our topic, a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Actus Imagine Clinical Encoding Encore, a virtual Actus event happening August 9th through 11th, 2022, featuring recordings of the clinical encoding track from the recent 2022 Actus National Conference. This much-loved staple of the National Conference features core clinical encoding components vital to all those engaged in ongoing medical record reviews. Join us as we reimagine CDI possibilities through powerful, thought-provoking, and must-attend sessions such as coding clinic and official guidelines for coding and reporting updates, cough to determine a gram-negative pneumonia, why all the confusion, the fallacy of ICU delirium, sepsis coding and documentation perspectives, and COVID-19 clinical manifestations, and so much more. With 11 sessions on clinical encoding topics relevant to CDI practice, you will not want to miss this virtual event. After the event, you'll have access to all recordings until the end of September 2022. Actus National Conference attendees get $100 off their registration and Actus members receive a $20 discount. Learn more or register by using the link in today's show notes. And now back to the show. So thanks again for joining me today, Kim. I'm really excited to sit down with you to discuss social determinants of health. I know social social determinants of health are sort of a hot topic right now, but for those who aren't familiar, could you start by telling our listeners a little about what these codes even are and how they might or might not impact reimbursement or quality metrics? So thank you for having me. I could talk about social determinants of health all day, every day. Uh, It is a huge passion of mine. So uh, to really get into what these all are, uh, social determinants of health really are health inequities that are preventable. Uh, These are preventable differences that in, in health outcomes, and they are very closely linked 
to social economic and environmental conditions. So uh, they are very important. So currently they are not connected to reimbursement as, as we traditionally think that they are. Um, and currently they are not part of any quality metric. However, the IPPS rule proposed rule for 2023 actually came out with three different proposals for quality. Um, and we just don't know where, what direction they're going to go in, but really it's about uh, the hospital commitment to health equity, uh, whether we have a tool to abstract the data, and if we are abstracting the data. So I think uh, in the near future, we're going to see um, first year probably being a little bit more voluntary, the second year probably being a little bit more on the mandatory side, but we'll see how that all pans out. But currently, this does not increase social determinants of health codes don't increase severity of illness. They're not CCs or MCCs. Um, they do somewhat impact EM leveling for uh, professional billing for physicians. Uh, and I do know that it, they are now included, they're mandatory uh, for undergrad uh, medical curricula. So I think that's uh, something new that we haven't seen before. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that about um, medical curriculum. I think that kind of speaks to maybe the impending importance of them, <laughs> sort of. The significance of them and, and really how they play out in, in health outcomes. I, I think it speaks volumes. Totally. So if the codes themselves right now at least aren't impacting reimbursement, why do you think CDI programs should care about them? And how can leaders make the case for capturing these codes to their organizational leadership, their physicians, their coding department, et cetera, if they don't have sort of an, a direct ROI tied to them? Well, I think um, everybody should care about them, not just CDI. Um, but CDI is really well positioned to get the ball rolling in organizations because they touch so many different departments. Uh, because we're in the records, uh, reviewing those records, that even um, phrases or quotes from patients can lead us down a road of, you know, well, wait a minute, this patient said that they like protein drinks, but why aren't they drinking them at home? Like, is there a financial burden? Is there an inability to get to a store? Things along those lines. So I, I do think CDI is very well positioned to then start asking the questions so we can capture these codes. You know, and anything in healthcare, I will tell you, um, you know, to move the dial sometimes it, it's either, you know, reimbursed or it's penalized. And that's kind of where we get that needle to move. And currently, social determinants of health don't fall under either one of those categories. However, um, they do impact things that we do get penalized on. So to get maybe C-suite buy-in to demonstrate that our readmission rates are significantly impacted by that and that those are penalties that get assessed to us on an annual basis. Um, going to physicians and, and showing them when they're doing their E&M coding and billing that identifying social determinants of health actually increase uh, the uh, severity of the patient. Um, so it can take you from a category from a mild uh, to moderate when it comes to medical decision making, because let's face it, uh, patients that fall in these categories typically aren't going to fall under one category only. Uh, and we really do need to come up with some creative solutions. And that takes time. 
And that takes effort. So even if it's calling a social worker in and saying we're having a problem, let's see what we can do for this patient. Um, again, I think it, it, it's, it does impact everybody. And I think that's how you start to get buy-in. And, and from the coding department, again, showing them the importance of this uh, and making it a little bit easier. They, they have metrics they have to meet. They have quotas they have to meet. So CDI, again, is very well positioned in identifying um, these these scenarios and putting those codes in or, or giving a note to the coder and saying, hey, this is where you can find it um, and, and capturing that. So I think we do have a, we're in a great position to really impact a lot of different departments when it comes to this. Absolutely. I think that's sort of the positioning of CDI in general, um, that it really is the bridge between so many different departments and different groups within the organization that because it documentation affects everything. So, yes. <laughs> so having, <laughs> having CDI involved, I think is really, um, kind of a natural, um, natural thing, even if it's, you know, not directly impacting your quality or your, or your reimbursement for the most part. Um, that, that makes sense to me. So we've sort of touched on this, but why do you think the interest in social determinants of health have has increased of late? It kind of seems, at least to me, that over the last few years, even going back like pre-COVID, that the conversation around these conditions, these um, social determinants, has really been heating up. Why is now the time that folks are diving into this topic, in your opinion? Well, I, I think this it's multifaceted, and and as you pointed out, you know, it's not that we weren't talking about this pre-COVID, um, but you know, COVID did teach us a lot, and and it taught us a lot about whether or not somebody really needed to be in a hospital, um, whether they could be treated on an outpatient basis, whether they really needed to go to an emergency room versus going to an urgent care center, uh, things along those lines. But you know, as we continue in our healthcare journey and in our landscape of being more value and quality based, um, these things are going to become more important because the focus when we talk about value and quality really is about wellness and, uh, and, and, pre and prevention rather than intervention and putting out fires. We, we want to keep people well. Uh, we don't want disease processes getting to a point where if we had treated it uh, a month ago or two months ago uh, in an outpatient setting versus now this patient needs to be hospitalized and there's a lot more care that's involved. Um, the patient has done a lot more damage to their body and is now going to create uh, more healthcare needs. So really it's about uh, that quality and, and really focusing on patient wellness versus intervening um, when they're sick. We want to keep them well. And social determinants here, I mean, if you can't get to a doctor's appointment because you don't have a car, you can't get, you can't travel, um, you're on a special diet and you're on a fixed income and you might not be able to get the things that you need to get, um, which is going to land you back in the hospital. You might not be able to pay for your medications. You, you know, think about uh, diabetes in general. And I literally just read an article last week about this, that, you know, on an annual basis, diabetes uh, costs us $327 billion annually, and that $15.6 billion were preventable based on health inequities. 
That's billions of dollars. So when we look at things like that, and again, we can present these facts to our C-suites because that's what's going to get people's attention. So it's not so much, you know, how much money, you know, that we're spending per se, it's how much money we're saving. And again, it all comes back to the patient. We are actually treating that patient, preventing that hospitalization, preventing that illness from, from continuing to progress and, uh, and giving them a better quality of life. And really, ultimately, that is the goal. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, most things in CDI can be linked back to patient care. Um, but this is a very natural one to link back to patient care. Like, it's pretty obvious, like you said, like we're keeping people well um, and keeping them from from developing worse and worse conditions that are then going to bring them back to the hospital again and again. Um, and I just, it feels like much like a lot, I've heard folks talk about that talking to physicians about quality is easier than talking to them about money, um, even though it it still involves money. I would imagine social determinants of health are something that most physicians are going to get on board with um, because they care about their patients and they want them to be healthy um, in the, in the long run. So I, I really love that, that aspect of talking about social determinants of health. I think it really does center on the patient, like you said. So looking a little bit about at kind of the, the details, um, what, common opportunities with social determinants of health do you think CDI professionals could make an impact on? Are there specific ones you could you think could offer kind of a good starting place? And then if not, how do you think CDI teams can focus their efforts and know where to start? I think that's a loaded question. Um, because I, <laughs> I, I think it, it starts almost with doing some homework. And, and what are we seeing in general in, in specific areas and, you know, specific states, specific towns within those states? What are we seeing on a national level? And, and so I, I think your starting point is always going to depend on, on almost your population. I think an easy, easy start. And, and we, I can say our top three are going to be housing, education and food. And, um, but again, I, I think finance plays into a lot of that as well. Uh, so it, it's tough to pick a starting point. If I had to pick a starting point and they said, just pick one, it would be homelessness. It would be housing. Um, I would start there. Um, because when we look at that population, number one, um, they do have chronic disease. Number two, where are they getting their care after care? Do they have insurance? Are they able to follow up with physicians? Um, so I, Again, they're not going to just fall under one social determinant of health. They're going to fall under many. But really, the crux of this is to identify this patient. We know that they're going to stay in the, in the hospital longer um, if that's the case, We're, because we have nowhere to send them. Uh, there's no place for them to go. Uh, making sure that they're getting the medications that they're supposed to be getting. So if, if I had to say one thing, that's where I would put my efforts if we were starting this up. Um, you know, and again... I think it's tough when you start now because this isn't just a CDI thing. It's an every department thing and it's an all hands on deck type of, of situation um, where documentation of social determinants now can be taken from anybody's documentation. That means nursing. That means case management, discharge planners, uh, social workers, providers. So just about anybody who documents in that record 
we can take that um, we can take that documentation because these are social codes. They're not medical diagnosis codes. So where do we find them in the record? Who owns it? You know, what can we put stress the importance of that? Do we create uh, a committee, a task force, things along those lines that involve every department represented, you know, every department and that includes administration and what are we doing? So, you know, a starting point is never easy. So I think it's the big focus here would be let's start with one and then let's start to add in. Um, because again, you want to be successful when you're abstracting. If you've got too many things to be looking at, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up, I think, for failure. So again, you know, the, on the inpatient side, this may be a little bit more difficult um, because again, who owns it? Where do we find the documentation? Where are we telling the coders to find the documentation? You know, do they even know to be looking for it? So there's a lot of education that goes along with this as well. Uh, on the outpatient side, it may be a little bit easier. Uh, there's tons of questionnaires out there that you, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Um, but to be able to send a, a questionnaire through a portal to a patient that's going to be seen, you know, a week later to say, hey, before you come in, can you fill out this questionnaire for us? So at least in advance, the physician has that and identifies any issues and then can focus on what needs to be done if there are identified issues. So again, it's not always a, an easy way uh, to start. It's, it's kind of fumbling through a little bit but you need to decide what's important to your organization uh, and what you're typically seeing and where you want to focus. Do you want to focus on specific disease processes and capture every social determinant of health you can? Do you want to do it the opposite way? Do you want to focus on a certain social determinant and then focus your, your efforts in that, in that uh, way? So it, it, there's a, a million ways you can start, but you know, it, it's up to your organization to make those decisions. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if just like at least one thing was one size fits all, but it really doesn't seem to be the case. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And, and again, I think when we talk about this and we, this is a great idea, we need to be capturing this. We need to be doing all this. And yes, we do, but nobody really wants to talk about how difficult it is to actually capture it. And then what do you do with it once you have it? Um, and I think those are the things, those are the next steps that we need to be taking. It's not good enough to just capture it. Now, what are we going to do about it? Now that we have it, what do we do with it? Right. So, um, I think those are, those again, are organizational decisions, but it is an organizational commitment when you start to capture these. Absolutely. So, um, I think your recommendation to sort of get the the crew together um, as far as multiple departments and everybody who should be involved being at that table is really important just because you know it's all well and good that CDI wants to focus on on this now but um, what do you do <laughs> from there you need, you need the support you truly need the support from every angle and and again you know we discussed this uh, a little bit earlier that, you know, getting that physician buy-in, it's not going to be as hard as you think, you know, because ultimately they want to do right by their patients. They want their patients to be well. So if we're identifying barriers, that's a good thing, you know, so then we can focus on the problem and fix it. That's the goal. We want to fix the problem. Yeah. 
that's going to involve a lot of a lot of people, all hands on deck um, for this sort of thing. Um, so let's say a CDI department it does get into this conversation. How can they measure their impact? Are there any particular benchmarks that leaders can look at to show their efforts are paying off? Do they need to collaborate with other departments to understand that impact and make an impact? So again, I think this is another loaded question. <laughs> um, and it, there's no straightforward answer on this one. Um, where depending on how you start to approach this, uh, is going to depend on how you capture it and and how you move forward with it. So, you know, do we retrospectively look at you know uh, you know customized reports in in electronic health records to run and say how many of these have we captured in the past year, month over month? What have we done? You know, what are the the commonalities? Are we seeing um, you know patients that typically are, have high readmission rates? And, and we're capturing these codes. And so now what are we going to do about them? Um, are we capturing month over month moving forward now that we've initiated a program to capture these? Are we looking at month over month? Are we seeing more? Are we capturing more? And again, looking at a record, what did we do about it? Um, you know, were we able to help? Were we able to support? Are we following up? Um, there's a lot to this. And, and again, I wish I had a simple answer for you, but uh, there's just no easy way of doing it. And um, but we have to start somewhere. And I think just in order to catch a baseline to be able to develop, hopefully, uh, with electronic health record uh, customization, being able to customize a report that that would give us that information. Yeah. And that's another area where you can kind of work across departmentally there, whether that's with your own IT department or whoever your vendor is or all of that, you know, you're going to need, you're going to need some assistance building those reports. Um, yeah. So as I, as I think, you know, our ACTUS regulatory committee, a group of that committee is currently working on a proposal to the national uniform billing committee to allow submitting more than 25 codes on a claim, which could lead to better capture of social determinants of health. In your opinion, why is this advocate advocacy necessary? Do you have any suggestions for those who want to make a difference in this area as we close out? Yeah, I think, you know, when we look at the reason we need this type of advocacy advocacy is because, you know, currently you can submit 50 uh, diagnosis codes on a claim. They're only going to look at your top 25. That's the rule. Um, so now it starts to you start to ask yourself, well, if I have these social determinants of health codes and I'm probably not going to just have one, um, they have no financial impact whatsoever. Um what can we do so we can capture the data? Because if we don't capture the data, then we're not going to expand programs. We're not going to be able to really do the things that we want to do. Uh, even health insurance companies recognize this as a problem, have things in place, but they've even said, we still can't get th that connection. Like who needs it? So because if we have more than 25 diagnosis codes that we're sending in, um, only those top 25 count. How do we uh, prioritize a, a medical diagnosis versus a, a social diagnosis? So 
this is a problem. So if we if we don't get the data, we don't get the programs, but we know we need the programs, so we need to get the data. So I think there was a compromise that was actually proposed where it was if we could just have a separate section that it's going to, you know, we're still going to have our 25 codes, but just a separate section so that we can report the social determinants of health codes where they're not going to, you know, get factored in, but it's going to be able to abstract data. So we're going to start to have a more accurate representation of what's really going on and what we need to do on a local, state, and national level for our patients. So that's why it is vitally important that uh, we push through and, and try to get those, uh, get that data as, as much as we can. And for people that are looking to do more, you know, the National Uniform Billing Committee has meetings, go to the meetings. Um, they're open to anybody uh, most of the time. Get involved with the regulatory committee, write a letter, um, you know, start a, a task force in your own hospital. And, and be able to present or show what you've done. So even coming to the Actus Conference and being a presenter to showcase what you did, how it worked and why it was important and what your results are because of it. How are your patients benefiting from this? So to be able to demonstrate that to the people that make the rules is gonna be huge. So again, it, I think it's all hands on deck. It's really pushing forward. Um, and, and trying to come up with some creative solutions and then showing the results, showing our positive results and the positive impact we have on patients' lives. And I think sometimes when, we, when we're CDIs, you know, if we were clinical in our past lives, we were used to taking care of patients and making them better and making them well. And um, when you get into a CDI role, you lose some of that. But this is one area I can tell you, you have direct impact on patient care, on, on wellness, on health, um, you just don't realize it yet. So I, I think um, it, it's the nurse in me that sits here and says, you have no idea what impact you can have. And, and, and again, on a local level, on a state level, and on a national level, get involved. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And it's very empowering advice, I think. Like, you just because you're you know, you're, you might think to yourself, well, I'm just one CDI professional. Like you can make a big difference. Like you have the ability to make meaningful change for your patients still. Um, you're not directly caring for them, um, but you have, you have that ability within you. So I think that's a great place to, to end. And thank you so much, Kim. This has been a great conversation. We have run out of time for our discussion today, but if our audience has any questions about this topic, you can email them to the Actus team at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. I will also put that email address in today's show notes on the Actus website and in your podcast app of choice so that you can grab it from there. Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. I have a few things to tell our listeners about today. First and foremost, the July-August CDI Journal has been published. So if you have not taken a peek at that, I do encourage you to do so. This edition takes its theme from our ever-popular 
ACTA's conference track, the clinical encoding track. It's typically our best attended sessions fall into that track, and we are excited to be centering our latest journal edition on those same topics. Previously, we had sort of thought of clinical encoding topics as more of evergreen ones that could fit into any edition of the journal. However, we decided that it was worth focusing this edition on them because they are so central to the CDI process that it really just makes sense to dedicate some actual pages to the topics themselves. Also, because they are kind of technical clinical encoding topics, we invited a lot of contributing writers to this edition. And I think you're going to really enjoy what they have to have to say. So definitely take a peek at that. Kim, who was our guest on today's show, is featured in there on the topic of social determinants of health. So if you liked what she had to say here on our podcast episode, definitely go check out her article as well. And as a reminder, the journal is only open to Actus members. Um, so if you're not a member and you want to read it, I would suggest considering membership. And if, if you are a member already, definitely go check that out today. Secondly, we have our CDI Week Industry Survey live in the field right now that will close on July 11th. So just around the corner, I do encourage everybody to respond to that survey. It's a little bit longer in length because we do cover five different CDI topics within that survey. Those topics then serve as the basis for each day of CDI week in the fall. So we will have different industry Q&As on each of those topics, which will be emailed to CDI Strategies subscribers every day of the week during CDI week. That survey will also generate a report. So we will meet with one of our advisory board members and discuss the results and then publish a full comprehensive report regarding the survey findings. So I do encourage you to go ahead and take that survey. We would really appreciate your insight. There is also a giveaway associated with the industry survey. So at the end, if you would like to enter that, you can just provide your contact information. We're giving away three Actus memberships. So do go ahead and fill that out and we will choose winners during CDI week celebrations. And finally, thirdly, we have launched the speaker call for the 2023 Actus National Conference. The event will be held in Chicago in May 2023. If you are interested in presenting, I really encourage you to apply. It's a great opportunity for your own professional development and for the professional development of the association and our CDI friends attending the conference to get to hear from your experience and your expertise. So do take a look at that. The information is in CDI Strategies and on our website. So if you need more info, look there. You can also email the Actus team anytime at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. And we will answer any questions you may have about that process or about suggested topics or anything like that. That brings us to the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, July 20th for our next show, which will be part of our Conversations with Carla series in which Actus editor and product coordinator Carla Ocordo sits down with one of our book authors to discuss topics within their expertise. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. 
All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd appreciate if you would take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the Free Music Archive. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. Until next time, take care, everyone. <laughs>